Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 2nd. Generosity in victory is self-conquest. It loosens the shackles of pride and fills one with a deep sense of inner gratitude. This is a very subtle and exceedingly important point because how we behave when things go our well, especially generosity and victory. If we've had to confront someone and we've had a disagreement and we've had, a, you know, circumstances, principle has made us stand up strong and then we end up um, prevailing, our point of view prevails and someone else's point of view is defeated. How we respond after that says an enormous amount about character. I was recently in a, a negotiating situation in a business, um, business setting within the context of the life I live, but it was still somewhat of a business setting, and people were not generous in victory. And when they were not generous in victory, everything cascaded down, and even the little bit that had been gained was lost. And I was watching it. I wasn't, I wasn't central. I was more observing it, and I, I was thinking, they need to be generous in victory. Instead, they became greedy in victory, which is what sometimes people do. They, they win a little bit, and then they think, oh, I've gotten something, now I'm, now I'm going to try to get more. And then it, it caused them to overreach, hubris. That's exactly what happened. If they'd been generous and victive, they would have ended up in a much better position, but that they weren't able to do it. When Ananda was involved for a very long time in a very um, tough litigation over religious freedom, actually, is what it ended up being, and the, um, the verdicts all went in our favor, except for insignificant, smaller insignificant issues by comparison. But all the major verdicts went in our favor. And uh, Swamiji said to us, even before we were victorious, he said, if we are victorious in this situation, which we expected to be because we knew that the American law was on our side, he said, even if we are victorious, he said, we must never gloat in our victory. And jokingly, but only a little. I said, not even a little bit, sir, in private? He said, no, very seriously, no. Not even a little bit and not even in private. Because it's, no, it's nothing to celebrate when your brothers and sisters lose. I mean, if they feel that they have been defeated, if they feel that they have been humiliated. Uh, it, nothing is served by driving that point home and making them feel worse. And that's what happens. If we're generous in victory, then, then our, those who have been our, well, I'll use Swami's word, which is a very good word, self-styled opponents or self-styled enemies, if we refuse to take the opportunity to emphasize our strength and their weakness, when you take the opportunity to emphasize your strength and someone else's weaknesses, all that does is it just causes the fires of revenge to burn. And then sooner or later you find yourself in a conflict again because you've 
have not been generous in victory. Many people say that the Second World War was inevitable because of the conditions imposed upon the country of Germany after the First World War. I'm not a student of history, but I've heard that repeated so many times by people who are knowledgeable that it was, it was too vengeful and as a consequence created, it crushed pride and created a desire for revenge, which led to the next conflict, merely what, 20 years later, 25 years later. And, and then Swami also puts it in an interesting way to resist that temptation within yourself especially if it's been a hard-fought battle, especially if you feel you were unrighteously treated. You know, in the particular situation that we were in, where Swamiji was so definite about what the right attitude was for us, which, I mean, when I said that back to him, I was, I was mostly joking, but not entirely. Oftentimes with Swamiji, he has helped us by helping us to approach somewhat humorously attitudes that we might be inclined to embrace seriously. So the temptation to be um, triumphant in victory and, and to, to, be, to gloat, to be satisfied that we were able to defeat a wrong action and to, to feel, to relish the power of that victory, that was a very serious inclination because from our point of view, a great injustice was being done, not only to us, but to principle, a great injustice was being done. Fortunately, we did succeed. And fortunately, because of Swamiji's superb training of us, we were completely gracious in victory. As soon as our existence was not being threatened, then all animosity, what was the point? We had to defend ourselves against potential annihilation, but once our, our future was secured, it's, uh, it's between, uh, for, for anyone else, it's between them and God. It's no longer between them and me. And that's what Swami is wanting us to understand. That's why he also says um, it's a victory of self, con, con, generosity and victory of self-conquest. Because the ego has a desire, you know, <clears throat> to rise up and celebrate what it's been able to accomplish. You know, I'm always so, um, I think bewildered is the only word I can use. I'm not a sports fan, and I'm not, I'm, I'm highly competitive in certain ways, which is I become very intense about ideas, and I, I, I really want to communicate my ideas in it, and to my detriment, sometimes I want to persuade others of the ideas that I have. I don't think competitive is the right word, but I'm very intent in the realm of ideas. But I'm not a sportsman, and I, I'm not at all intent on who can throw the ball back and forth the most times or, or run it up and down the field, you know. I recognize that these, these are great values and many fine qualities are built and so on like that. But it absolutely bewilders me when you see these nationally televised things, for example, where you know, you have the two best teams or the two best players or the five best players, whatever it might be, the absolute best in the world, and you have number one and number two. And so if number, if this one proves to be number one and this one proves to be number two, the way number two responds is as if they were, you know, just put out onto the ice floe and are about to starve to death. It's just like the, the magnitude 
of the of the darkness and the despair compared to the extraordinarily exaggerated jubilation on this side it just has always struck me as being out of proportion i mean everybody's had a really good run you know let's just enjoy ourselves and yes i know they go through and they shake hands and truthfully depending on the greatness of the players you know some of the players take it just like that they're generous in victory you know it was a hard fought you really you really gave me a run you know we almost didn't make it and then they they appreciate and respect each other rather than giving in to the idea of now my ego could be even fatter and bigger and more obnoxious than it was yesterday like what will that really serve us um swami says it loosens the shackles of pride and it fills us instead with gratitude because he's that's really the enemy everything that we accomplish in this world even if we're fighting for a good cause I mean speaking of the litigation we were involved in I, we were fighting for a very important cause we spent literally millions of dollars that we didn't have impoverished ourselves for many years in order to do it because it was principle was involved and I feel that we did a good thing for the for the for future generations <clears throat> the litigation that we were involved in actually established certain precedents of religious freedom that were um, being eroded and so i mean that was it was important litigation that we did but what we want he says here is not to be proud but to be grateful you know wh- where does the power to be victorious come from i mean if we're talking about litigation it comes from the nature of the law but it also comes from the legal help that you get from the fairness of the judges from the wisdom of a jury and above all it comes from the hand of god when we were involved as it happened it was also litigation we had two we had more than a decade of experiences in the courts in two different lawsuits and one of them went in our favor and one of them did not because in the second case everything went against us in the first case everything went for us and went against us meaning we had the wrong attorney we got a very bad judge the opposing attorney was unscrupulous um the the judge made rulings that literally crippled our capacity to offer a defense i mean there was just a whole bunch of things and swami ji said in the middle of all of it he says the law of averages says that at least some things will go in your favor he said when absolutely everything goes against you objectively speaking he said you know it's the hand of god behind it and i've always remembered that you know divine mother will make things happen according to her will and doesn't you know good people don't always win righteousness does not always triumph um dishonesty is not always unveiled lies often get away and get past as truth these things happen this is the world we live in Fort- fortunately god is in charge i mean many stories that seemed to end badly and in victory but what appears to be the end is not even not actually the end is not necessarily even life itself the end of life itself is not necessarily the end i mean here's a really famous example jesus christ he was crucified he appeared to die he didn't even actually die he was resurrected and not just on easter morning but for 45 days 40 days Jesus kept appearing to his disciples in many different places 
and he didn't ascend to heaven until after all that time had passed and then all his disciples came together and there he was in his physical body and then he he transmuted into light ascended to heaven is how they put it but he literally just vaporized into light in front of them that is the tradition which i believe to be true but no life was more victorious than the life of Christ, but it certainly didn't appear to end very well. And even that resurrection, which is widely respected as truth now, was dismissed as pure quackery at the time. And even the not uh, things did not go well for the followers of Christ for quite a while. It was quite a long time, like perhaps uh, 300 years before... Christianity really was established by the Emperor Constantine who accepted it as a true religion and then everything went forward in a completely different way. So merely because you've had a victory or someone else has had a, had a defeat, it doesn't necessarily mean that the story is over. But what does endure is our consciousness. So merely because we've triumphed in this world is not a triumph unless it's also a triumph of consciousness. Because we may win in the eyes of the world in every possible way, but if that leads to ignorance and bondage within us, is that actually a victory? You know, if you become a horrible person because of the power you gain in this world, is that actually a victory? Even in the short term, what to speak in in the long rhythm of the soul's long journey through many incarnations, the only victory worth winning is self-mastery. Self-mastery over ego and pride and selfishness and vengefulness and the desire to uh, um, make yourself taller by squishing others. None of these are noble qualities. Generosity and victory is is, is the wisest move because then you will have whatever positive gain you would hope to achieve by whatever battle you are fighting. But then you will have the everlasting gain of inner peace and even conceivably to make friends of your enemies. You know, Abraham Lincoln was very famous for that. And there's a marvelous book written about his presidency. It's called A Team of Rivals. After Abraham Lincoln was elected, he made his cabinet not all the people who agreed with him, but the people who disagreed with him. Because the most talented, skilled, qualified people in the country um, were, were many of the people who had tried to, take, to win the presidency instead of him. So we thought, these are the best minds in the nation. Let me bring them into my government so that we can work together for the good of the country. And he, even though some scorned him when they first started working with him, he was so generous in victory and genuinely respectful of the talent and the capability and the the differing point of view that they brought to the table that every one of them, by the end, not only deeply respected, but loved him as a friend. Now that's true greatness. And of course the country benefited because all those brilliant minds and all that fabulous talent, instead of being dissipated in hopeless opposition, actually, you know, harness themselves together to pull America forward. In these days, we could use a lot more of that, couldn't we?
So Swamiji says, Generosity in victory is self-conquest. It loosens the shackles of pride and fills one with a deep sense of inner gratitude. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.